Alright, hello and welcome to episode 5 of What We're Listening To. I'm Asher and as always with me here is Josh. How you doing, man? Hey man, how is it? It's good. I do want to say for the record, for people who are listening, the reason I always sound really kind of low at the beginning <laughs> of the podcast is it's before 8am here. And uh, gradually by the end of it, I feel a little bit more human, but we're good. So um, yeah, I have a few bits of follow-up. Um, did you want me to start? Yeah, go for it. So... Um, I was listening through that sweet playlist you put together of uh, of songs from last episode, and I followed up on uh, Phoebe Bridges. Yeah, yeah. So really nice, really nice stuff. I listened to the tracks on Bandcamp like after the episode we recorded last time, and then I re-listened to a few more tracks on the playlist, and they were really pretty. Um, I was, I think maybe maybe foolishly, maybe it's the white hair, but I was thinking more Laura Marling. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and then I realized it, I realized it wasn't nearly as country, which was good. I, I enjoy, I enjoy Laura Marling, but, um, I feel like it's a little bit too much twang. And yeah, I yeah. That's, ex- bridges. that's exactly the word I was going to use. It's a little twangy Laura Marling. <laughs> yeah. But Phoebe Bridges is really sweet. It's, um, yeah, those are beautiful songs. Really, really good songs. Mm-hmm. So, now that was really nice. Kind of like, um, yeah, really modern folk. Um, I also listened to New Order, uh, the song that you put on there. Oh, yeah. Just that one track. I, I didn't get to go further than that. It was cool. It's like, it, so it made me think about early um, slow dive um, because there's very little kind of like bass in the mix. It's kind of quite trebly and midi. Yeah. And... Yeah, I, it made me think of Ozean and, and Slow Dive stuff, and I really dig that. I thought that was cool. So, yeah. So that song, and, uh, Ceremony, is technically the last song that they ever actually wrote as Joy Division, but they only ever recorded mm-hmm. it as New Order together, so it's kind of it's the bridge between those two right. bands, I find. It, yeah, it's the Venn Diagram crossover. Yeah, yeah, Venn yeah. Diagram. Um, the last thing was when you said oh, there's one or two good songs on everything now. Creature Comfort was not one of the ones that I really <laughs> like off that album. Really? That's like the only <laughs> one I actually enjoy on that album. I mean, it's fine. It's like, as someone described it, it's a real banger, so it's fun. But like, you know, I like Electric, is it Electric Blue or something? Um, yeah, the one that Regine sings. I really dig that one. I think it's good, so... It's the only one that came to my head when you were talking about like how bassy similar they are. Yeah, it is very similar to Aries, probably that one. So anyway, yeah. anyway, I just laughed. I just <laughs> laughed to myself that you go, oh yeah, I'm gonna pick the best song on the album. <laughs> the album that I don't like. It was a no-brainer to me. It's the only good one. <laughs> yeah, cool. That, that, that's the only bits of follow-up I have. So. Yeah, I have two small bits. Um, Probably because I don't want to talk about it for a huge amount of time. Um, the Radiohead concert they released on Thursday was uh, mm. from 1994, I think. <laughs> and it's just like yeah, they're they're yeah. so young, and as like a fan of like early, like the bands in particular, it's fascinating to watch a pre-Benz concert, and like nobody knows these like new songs they're talking about, and it's oh, this is fascinating. Mm. Um, 
Is the Benz like 95 or 96? I can't remember when it came out. Oh, you got to put me on the spot here. I, it's around that time. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I saw a few clips from it too and I think they tweeted like, do you recognize these people or something oh, yeah. like that? I mean, they're like 25, so 26 different. in that concert. Like, yeah. That's, oh my goodness. Um, and then also, It looks good. It did. Um, also is uh, the Lancome NPR Tiny Desk concert came out ooh, mm. Monday week ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've watched it or not. You probably have. I've only I've only been able to click on it and like check out the first song or something like that. I just haven't had the time to okay. to give to it, it as yeah. a video. But Some, the songs yeah. are like ten minutes long. It it is uh, really wonderful to watch. Also, I I just love the song, the the Bear Creek reel that they do. They they do it for the last song in, in the Tiniest Concert. I could just listen to that for ages. Yes, that was one of the tracks I really enjoyed on that album. Just a beautiful little reel, you know? Mm. Yeah, they're good. Really good. Yeah, that's all I had. Nice. That. Yep, that's all I have too. So uh, on to the reviews. On time. So you're going first with what you're listening to? Sure, I will go first. Um, so, uh, we talked about personally, um, the anniversary of a, uh, album by a band called Slow Dive. Uh, there's Sue Vlacky came out some long time ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And this got me into a, uh, a world of investigation because kind of shoegaze music is, um, something I'd always liked a lot and wanted to kind of listen to more of. Um, hmm. so I wanted to kind of engage that a little bit in the last couple of weeks. So I have been going through and curating some Spotify playlists that are like shoegaze and like lo-fi kind of adjacent dream pop stuff. And just kind of, you dig- did send those to me. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's like a couple dozen hours long. Um, yeah. And I'm just kind of panning for gold at this point. Mm-hmm. And so the first band that stood out to me, which I have been, um, devouring in the past week is a, a band called uh, Current Joys. Never heard of them. And so I'm going to talk about their 2018 album, A Different Age. Um, so Current nice. Joys is basically one of the musical outlets for a guy called Nick Radigan. Mm-hmm. And uh, this album in particular is uh, so, so melancholy. I love it. Um, it's like despondent, wistful, kind of lo-fi guitar uh, that's like sometimes just up in like a nice glittery suit, but the main emotion never changes. Uh, mm. It's real. It's not overly complex. Um, sometimes shoegaze music can just be like layers and layers and layers, and it's hard to kind of pick out stuff. But this is really... Um, to a point, and it's um, beautiful, and it's lack of uh, intricacies, I find. Hmm. Intricacies in terms of layers, or are you thinking chord changes? Because sometimes I think of slow dive as pretty simple chordly. Oh, sorry, um, <laughs> Freudian slip. Um, <laughs> shoegaze is very simple chordly, but are you talking about 
yeah, just not too many like multi tracks of delay and reverb. Yeah, not yeah, most mostly that. Um, mm. It's just uh, it it's kind of like it knows it knows what it wants to do, and it does that really well. Um, mm. And uh, I just kind of been just listening to this album on repeat for the last two weeks. Um, and it really, this album like really strongly kind of puts for this, uh, musical isolation to listen to. It's honestly probably too depressing for most people. Um, but it hits a real sweet spot for me. Were you talking like national, um, sadness or another level? It's like, it's more active sadness than the national gets. Okay. Yeah. National's, National's kind of gloomy. This is more, a little more heartfelt than that, I found. Mm. Um, Running right into summer for you, too. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I was just, like, going through one of these playlists, and one of the tracks, out like, came out, and, and I just had to stop and kind of listen to it and listen to it again and then find it. It was just such a, it's such a different kind of... Thing that I've heard in the last little while, and it was just what I needed to hear. So I've been really loving listening to Current Joys a ton. Ironic name for an album like that. Or oh, absolutely, absolutely makes an album like that. Um, it, yeah, there is something very kind of that uh, something about um, shoegaze which lends itself to that subject matter or that kind of feel. I think. Yeah, I wouldn't. It's it's hard to call this even shoegaze at points. Mm. Um, it does it, it is part of that Venn diagram, but it's hard to kind of incorporate it all the elements of it. It doesn't have the wall of sound that some shoegaze does, for sure. Mm. But it is beautiful. I highly re- I highly recommend giving a listen to Current Joys. Well, I will definitely give it a listen. I will give that that. Um, playlist to listen that you sent through to me. Um, <laughs> that playlist is two hundred songs long. So I'm, yeah, I might. I, I, skip I'm still digging through, through it. So did you just go through and just find all these tags and just add them? Yeah, I mean, I was listening through it basically as I was doing stuff, and every time a song kind of popped out to me, I would look at it and write it down. So I have like a list of maybe ten-ish uh, songs that I'm kind of investigating, but this is the one on the top of the list that I really wanted to dig into first, basically. Cool. Yeah. So Current Joys, sorry, Current Joys is the name of the album, correct? Current Joys is or the, the name of the band. The band. And what's the album called? A this Different is- Age. A Different Age. Nice. I will definitely check that out. That sounds great. What would you rate it or you recommend it? And- that sort of thing. Yeah, I'd give. I mean, I'd if someone's looking for something to listen to and be depressed about, I'd give it a solid eight out of ten. Mm. Um, nice. Yeah. Sure. Cool. I'll uh, definitely check that out. How about you, Frendo? What have you been listening to? Um. So I've been listening to something which is. Uh, it might at first seem like it's a bit of the polar opposite to that, but um. It's still got some, I think that it's still got that introspection and, uh, and realism. It's not totally happy. Um, I've been listening to an artist called Micah Pick. Now, um, he's a, 
piano player um, uh, from the States somewhere. I can't remember where. And he writes kind of electronic music sometimes. I have one of his albums. Um, I've forgotten the name of it right now. And it's all kind of modular synthesizers, like Eurorack kind of stuff. I don't know a lot about this sort of thing, but, you know, all those plugs. You know more than I do. <laughs> You've seen the ones. Yeah. <laughs> but so um, he does these kind of really wild sort of electronic things. But he released an album just on the 20th of this month called Brighter Than I Thought. Now, just a bit of background. So when I did my music degree, we were always told about like, oh, in the 20th century, they started messing around with prepared piano and this sort of thing. And like, <laughs> here are the results and it's rubbish. Like you should, you know, like the only way to do prepared piano is for it to sound like crap. Like you have to put gravel in your piano and like just, you know, totally trash it. Yeah, you may want to expound on what prepared piano actually is a little bit for people who don't know. So prepared piano. <laughs> out, out there jazz stuff. when you... No, no. It's basically, I mean, a lot of artists are doing it now. Like Sufjan Stevens did it on his um, uh, All Delighted People EP. Um, A lot of artists, all you do is you just kind of modify the strings physically on your piano. Sometimes you might put like little bits of rubber between the strings Mm. so you don't get any kind of resonance. Sometimes you might put felt on top of it or like you might put objects like... um, little bits of uh, like uh, nuts and bolts and washers or something so that things jangle. There's a, um, there's a great Ben Folds video of him covering a postal service song where he has a yeah. tin foil on the hammers. So it sounds kind of like plicky, plicky, plicky. Yeah. And so I don't know why in university they just kind of show you the worst examples of prepare piano because <laughs> um, <clears throat> this album, Brighter Than I Thought, has elements of that. Mm-hmm. Um but what he's done is he's actually run his piano through his like modular synthesizer rack as well. Uh-huh. So he's modified little bits of the piano and then he's run everything through. And I'm pretty sure I've seen that he's done some prepared piano stuff and I hope that some of it's on the album. It certainly sounds like it because occasionally you hear these strings ringing out and it sounds metallic and I'm like, I'm pretty sure that he's put something there. But he's run his piano through all these synthesizers to get like these delays and and it will affect the sound after he's finished playing the notes. So you, you'll play a chord and then you'll hear it being filtered through all these synthesizers and reverbs and delays and it will like modulate it. And it's kind of, I think he said, it's like playing with a ghost of yourself kind of thing. It's like happening after you've played the notes. So like, it's a beautiful album. It's, mm. So it's called Brighter Than Brighter Than I Thought and it's quite a hopeful album, it feels. Like some of the tracks are quite moody and minor but it feels like it's kind of very hopeful. Um, the thing that I have um, learned is that I don't like piano just by itself anymore. I can't yeah. stand like piano just squeaky clean, like in a studio. It just bores me to tears. <laughs> and so this almost almost has a like a beautiful crunch on it. Like sometimes it feels like the way he's recording it is very, it's almost peaking. And I love that, like when, it, but it's really good quality. And there's the other synthesizer sounds around it. Um, it's like so it feels lo-fi, but the mixing and the production is really impeccable. Mm. Um, so it, it's not, it's not really simple either. Like I don't think it's all just diatonic chords and stuff like that. Like he does add in some really 
kind of left field things. Um, and it's really nice because there's a lot of field recordings in there too. Like there's sounds of his daughters kind of coming in and out, um, like field recordings of places where he lives and like, um, and like bells and, and, and cars kind of like woven in. So it's real soundscape sort of stuff. And I guess the reason I'm listening to this at the moment is I'm just doing a bit of like bookwork and admin and, and this has been the calm kind of thing underneath it all. Mm. So I've been really loving that. But um, yeah, so there, this, this is one of two albums which are like what I call like new piano, like the way I really want to hear piano. Mm. And the other one is a surprisingly Dino Spilatini's um, <laughs> Islands of Light release, <clears throat> which is another great um, example of prepared piano, but also kind of it not just sounding really clean like it's it's kind of tape feel and so that's called rebuke so anyway that's just kind of like a side note to this one but yeah i've been really loving this this release it's it's kind of hopeful yet melancholy and thoughtful Mm. so i really recommend it as like a something to kind of contemplate along with um if you're i don't know yeah driving or i don't know what drawing or something like that this would be a really really lovely thing you should do some painting to this <laughs> color color me curious I'll, I'll have a listen to it yeah it's it's really beautiful so yeah i um i i think it could have been possibly longer i would have liked a little bit more mm-hmm. but um yeah i definitely give this a seven and a half or eight um, I really thought it was quite a beautiful album. Not as like I don't think it's as much my favorite as Dino Spilatini's piano album, but um, it's it's up there. So it's a good okay. one. So two favorite tracks are probably "Courage, Dear Heart" and "What We're Fighting Against." So you can kind of tell in the, the song names. There's a lot of kind of underpinning of thoughts. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's what I've been listening to. Yeah. <laughs> I. I have um, my first experience with a prepared piano. There's a fairly infamous Vancouver jazz pianist um, okay. who I went to see at the Vancouver Jazz Festival a number of years ago. And mm. he, uh, the first song in his set, he had a piano and he put like liquid concrete in it and just like fill, <laughs> filled it up. And as he tried to play it, basically oh, it got man. harder and harder to play. And when the concrete hardened and he couldn't play it anymore, the concert was over. <laughs> so, so, oh my goodness, there, was it good though? Uh, <laughs> I, I, there, there were better things that I saw at the jazz festival that year. Basically, is what I'll say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You see, I feel like that's kind of it's like a cool idea, but it's not like it feels like it's not fully formed. Um, I mean, I'm patient with those kinds of things. I like hearing the first iteration of something. It's like in uni, I would be listening to Steve Reich and people would be kind of going, oh, I just don't dig it. I'm like, well, it's not the final form of minimalism. Like it can make its way into folk music and work really well. Like it just doesn't have to stop there. But anyway. Cool. Should we? Yeah, yeah. Should we move on to uh, homework? Homework. Beautiful homework. Yeah. Beautiful homework. Cool. So I gave you, Josh, 
uh, an album I have mentioned before on this podcast, and that's called Scratch My Back by Peter Gabriel. Um, and it's not, it's not actually his songs. It's a covers album um, that he did in, I don't know, 2011, 2012, sometime around then, mm. um, where he covered a lot of new artists. So, I mean, he did some older artists, but a lot of them were quite recent. Um, probably like own, like the songs might have come out very much that year or something like that. So um, what did you think of Scratch My Back? Yeah. Um, I'm a page and a half notes here. This is a hard album to judge, I found, because it's obviously entirely covers. Um, mm. I've heard some of it in the past, in pieces um mm-hmm. uh and it's kind of uh like it's odd to judge the the merits of like peter gabriel musically doing other people's songs um and also sorry credit should also be given to um john metcalf for arranging these pieces with peter gabriel I totally agree. He, he does yeah. a lot of work, I, f- I think, in this album. Uh, mm. So I, I have like a, like a theory uh, that I work off of for like how covers operate. Um, it's like a th- another three-piece Venn diagram. This is the episode of Venn diagrams. Um, <laughs> where um, basically you can do a cover and you can copy it sonically you can redo mm-hmm. it sonically or you can copy it thematically. And these kind of intersect with each other at various points. Um, mm. And uh, this album's basically a hundred percent just redo it sonically. <laughs> um, I, aside from lyrically, it, it's kind of hard to tell sometimes that these songs are even related to the originals at all. <laughs> Um, are you talking about street spirit? I, 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 I just think in general, like a, there are a lot of them are very divergent, uh, like, mm. um, which is not always a bad. Uh, all of which is a long way of saying this album mm. is a real mixed bag uh, for me. Mm. Um, some of the covers are amazing, fantastic, different interpretations, and some are really bad. <laughs> Which ones don't you like out of interest? Uh, let me look at the track listing. Uh, so I should also say, like, I don't particularly love um, all of the original songs on this album either. Like, mm. I'm not a huge Talking Heads fan or Lou Reed or even necessarily that Regina Spector song. I'm not like a huge fan of all of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't like his covers of uh, Boy in the Bubble. Really? Or that street- so- his cover made it for me. <laughs> or uh, street street spirit. Um, yeah. Okay. Yep. Definitely. Um, yeah. I just kind of like power of the heart and listening wind. I kind of take or leave. Um, yeah. They're they're. I think they're a bit boring to begin with before yeah. they were covered. Yeah. Yeah, I agree I'll, with you about Street Spirit, though. Like, it's kind of <laughs> spoken word at one point. <laughs> so weird. Just don't. Um, anyway, so I'll, I'll talk about the good first. Those are our good points. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the theming of this album is very strong. <laughs> like, it feels like a cohesive mm. project. There's nothing here that feels like, oh, this is like 
out of left field. This doesn't belong here. Cut this out, you know? Uh, mm. the, the arrangements and the vocals are very uh, on point. Uh, uh, in fact, actually, kind of the, the juxtaposition of Peter Gabriel's uh, mostly raspy vocals at this point in his life with, like, the strings are really kind of beautiful at points. He's been raspy since he was like a teenager, probably. Yeah, so. yeah, they really work together. And, yeah, yeah, uh, they do. And the the nature of the project I find really enjoyable, like to have someone of Peter Gabriel's kind of like music caliber tackling uh, covers and other music, and then the the flip side of having them tackle his music on the other CD, mm. um, I'll scratch yours, is really I think. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's a very unique musical project, which I appreciate a lot. It feels like a nice honoring of each other. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just, yeah. At the That being said, the hodgepodge, like these, these songs, like don't relate to each other. Like, like outside of this context, which is really weird. Like, I don't know how you would arrange this track list if you had this track list of songs. Oh, man. Like, how, like, what's the motion of this album, you know? Heroes is a good opener, though, isn't it? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. uh, Easily my favorite songs on this album, Um, Heroes, Mirrorball, and I I think it's going to rain today. I think those are beautiful. Oh, good. You enjoyed it. Yeah. 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 I think I enjoy this. It's so funny. I think I enjoy this <laughs> version of Mirrorball more than the elbow version. It's so funny because their voices sound very similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, is this guy Garvey yeah. actually singing on this track? It's so <laughs> same kind of here. It's like a deep fake, something <laughs> like that. Um, and the his version of Heroes is, is uh, wonderful. It's very obviously very different from uh, the Bowie song. I think it even has like a different a different meaning behind it even like kind of builds towards this giant like string vocal i can of, remember yeah it's um and the the bowie song is much more uh laid back like so i have there's a clip i i love david bowie and i love the song heroes mm. and that is a clip of david yeah. bowie singing it in germany in like the 2000s around the time this album came out He's like in a loose hmm. suit with like a tie, like having the time of his life. Is that long where his hair's blowing too? Like he's yeah, got yeah. a fan on his hair. It's I so think be- I've seen that clip and I love it. It's so beautiful. And like that's the attitude yeah. Bowie has towards the song. It's like having a good time. And then there's, yeah. I'll show you the clip of Peter Gabriel singing the song. Yeah. And it's like dark, red and moody. And there's a string and section. Moody. And yeah. I could, it's so like different and bombastic. I, I love the, the kind of difference. On a tangent, did you hear the version of Heroes in Jojo Rabbit? I haven't actually watched that film. Okay, you should see that film, but there's a beautiful, it's in German. It's, oh. it's a German translation of the song Heroes. It's quite amazing too. It's in the trailer, so you could just watch the trailer um, and just hear a little bit of it. Who's, who's, is it um, both singing in the German version? I don't think so. I'm not sure if it's was made after his death or not. So, um, um yeah. So Heroes is, Heroes was recorded. Um, it's about the Berlin wall, the song, and it was recorded when Bowie, I gathered that. And Iggy Pop yeah. were living in Berlin uh, during like the, the low 
phase of Bowie albums. Um, wow. So it could be him. I have to check it out. Just just one thing on um so I totally understand what you mean about the yeah, some hit and miss. So for me, I really loved The Boy in the Bubble because the original is a bit silly. Um, I find the original just a little bit, I mean, it's Graceland. Graceland is fun, but I felt like The Boy in the Bubble was one of my least favorite tracks on that album. But when I heard Peter Gabriel cover it, I heard the lyrics finally, because it's so quick in the original that you kind of miss this poignancy. And I felt like Peter Gabriel managed to like, well, like you say, He's just the singer. It's the guy who arranged all these orchestral parts that's yeah. really done some amazing work. So that guy, what did you say his name was again? Uh, John Metcalf. He's a British composer. Yeah so, yeah, so I remember watching a little doco and saw him working, but like he just did an amazing job of pulling back all and like subduing all the stuff that's happening around so you can hear that beautiful lyric and then have it supported by this gorgeous yeah accompaniment so i don't know D- did you like the my body is a cage cover <laughs> i i don't mind it i think it's i much still prefer the arcade fire version yeah um i find it maybe a little more um adventurous musically maybe yeah, yeah. I think Peter Gabriel goes for a bit of a film score sort of feel. Like yeah. it just feels like it's a little bit too Lord of the Rings sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like like the my body. Peter Gabriel's my body's a cage is like just strings, right? Um, uh, isn't it? No, it has brass too. It's brass. Um, yeah. Towards the end, it's like got a few false endings, and um, it it has these like these kind of really weird rhythms on the trumpets and stuff so yeah i i find the the lack of organ on it quite strong compared to the arcade bar version um yeah i mean that's the signature of neon bible right yes like the organ organ is like the the thing with neon bible and see to have a neon bible song without organ on it is kind of (laughs) crazy yeah it's true yeah so i i don't know if i can give this a rating because the highs are really high and the lows are kind of low. Um, yeah, there are some boring songs on there. <laughs> like, like I, I don't think a number kind of represents that properly because like some of the covers in the song are like absolutely fantastic. Uh, hmm. To the point that like they've been used in like films and TV shows for the last like decade that people don't really realize they're the game. Yeah, the Book of songs. Love. Yeah, that's all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've seen that at many a wedding. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. It was uh, enjoyable to go th- actually go through this album properly and listen to it, though. Cool. Well, thanks for giving it a go. Right. And and if you're listening, you should also check out the scratch my back part of it because you know to hear Bonnie Ver cover "Come mm. Talk to Me" is uh, a yeah. beautiful thing. Yeah, and I mean even um Paul Simon's "Beko" is fantastic. That's a great song. Would you would you recommend the Lou Reed cover of <laughs> I would not. I would say never listen to it because that's a beautiful song and he ruins it. <laughs> uh, strange, strange. Um, yeah. Yes. So that cool. was scratch my back. Yeah. Um, so I gave Asher um, 
an album called Joy as an Act of Rebellion by the band Idols. Um, so this mm. is a 2018 album from uh, UK post-punk slash actual punk uh, band. Um, this album is like a aggressively positive. And uh, yeah. I, it was one of my favorite punk albums probably the last decade. I love this to pieces. And to my defense, you asked for a weird one, so I gave you this. <laughs> I didn't think it was that weird. It just sounded like punk. Like, so I struggled to like start listening to this properly because I was listening to this piano album and just <laughs> feeling like I needed to, <laughs> I needed to stop and be still for a little bit. And uh, so I, then I was like, "All right, I need to give this a go." So I gave it like about three listens through. So this is quite a secretive album in some ways about the true kind of meaning behind it. Mm. Like I felt like I only uncovered it towards the end of my listening and went, oh my goodness. So on the face, it just seems like a very loud, like UK punk band. Um, but as you dig, the lyrics get more and more intense and more and more poignant. So first of all, I'll just kind of start with the sound. It's really raw. It's really punk and fun. Um, the opening song is great. Colossus, like such a cool mm. sound. And it's like this mono, like this, just this fifth over and over again and kind of yelling over the top. And it's like, great. Um, so as I started listening, I was like, oh, these guys are so sarcastic. <laughs> like, and it's so ironic, They're you know, so I love cheeky. this song. I've had I'm scum in my head all week. I'm scum, you know, like it's just so. And then, so I don't want to. I don't want to see the next James Bond, you know, who kills for country, queen, or god. Yeah. We don't need some murderous toff. I'm scum, kind of thing. Yeah. And you're like, wow, this is a class war. <laughs> so, I realized as I was going on that this was like, this is kind of true punk, right? You know, yeah. this is what. this is the music and this is the lyrics and this is what it should be about like um i'm really bad at punk i don't know a lot about it but just you know the name and the genre kind of match with these lyrics yeah i'll say this is the 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 new punk i I would say that this is okay right yeah um at first it felt very old school but then there's lyrics like you could be from love island and i was like wait that's a that's a recent (laughs) show isn't it in the uk so um the the lyrics on this album so i'm gonna i feel like i've got to focus more on the lyrics because they're really really important they focus on like brexit and Mm. immigration um and toxic masculinity i think one of my favorite songs is samaritans yeah that's so that's the one yeah that's the one that like it's kind of you know man up you know um, it's just amazing. It's it's really sad too. It's like this is why you never see father cry um, because of these, yeah, suppressing your all like a range of emotions as a man. Mm. So I thought that was very good. Um, love song was pretty great instrumentation. Um, it it just it, at first I felt like the color palette was a little bit dull mm. because. I listen to a lot of albums where they bring in more than just four instruments. Um, however, it didn't feel boring by the end. Like even though I was listening to bass, drums, guitar, 
and voice. I didn't feel like it was boring by the end. I actually really enjoyed the album from start to finish. Even Rottweiler, like <laughs> what an ending. <laughs> you know, I was a little bit tired by the end and then they kind of pound you with the last 30 yeah. seconds of Rottweiler. Unrelenting. But I still enjoyed it. Sorry? Unrelenting. Yeah, yeah, it was unrelenting. And I watched the NPR, Tiny Desk. That was what I spent my Tiny Desk time watching was uh, <laughs> Idols rather than um, Lancome. And, oh, man, that looked fun. Um, <laughs> um, so many tattoos. So yeah. great. And the, um, the and veins in Joe Talbot, the singer's neck, oh. like erupting from the skin as he yells into the microphone. So how good. is he not like, how does he still have vocal cords? Yeah. Anyway, I love that they got some of the staff to come and dance and play instruments with mm-hmm. them. That was pretty fun. So, yeah, I've got here. I love. I was going to send this to you when you tweeted yesterday about your notes. I was going to tweet just this. I've got great singing in quotation marks. Um, <laughs> I I really love the way he sung or shouted or spoke or something like it. It's just it was really on point with the lyrics. So, yeah, I um, I think that if these lyrics were in a different genre, they would sound really lame. Like if. If Justin Vernon were trying to sing these things, it just wouldn't come across. Yeah. I just love how they've written the right things for the right genre and the right sound. It just sounds really good. So, yeah, I I dig it. I don't know how many times I'm going to listen to this album again, though. I felt like this was really good as an experiment in pushing my listening, mm. but I didn't necessarily go like, I'm def- I want to listen to Idols again. I, I showed I showed Jess and she liked it. She thought it was very cool. When I kind of, oh, I was also really sad about the song June. Oh, my. Like, like that's really sad. His daughter was born, uh, it's stillborn yeah. or died in childbirth. And, like, the saddest thing is to have child's shoes unworn or something like that. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of songs in this album that are uh, a little too intense to listen to casually and, yeah uh, that's i think that's where it caught me. you off guard yeah yeah it, it catches you, you you think you're listening to like just a fun aggressive punk rock album and then you get caught off by all these really interesting songs like danny how do you say that michael nadelko um, nadelko like so good you know um i just loved how they were breaking all all the conventions of mm. rock music mm. and that's what i yeah like i find rock music really boring boring because it often reinforces a lot of these stereotypes and punk music seems to in what i understand kind of break them yeah i maybe i'm assuming i'm kind of these are big <laughs> paintbrush <yeah>. strokes yeah <laughs> uh, i <clears throat> i think you're right and i think those aspects of the idols are very intentional um mm. like if you were to there is a way that this album could be misinterpreted, misinterpreted, misinterpreted very easily um, as just mm. like, oh, this is that's more like <clears throat> hard punk music. But really, mm, it's not yeah. that at all. Um, if you if you watch them play live, they like dedicate their songs to like, this is for like record labels who told us we were like too old and too fat, like had too little hair to play music properly. And they play like scum and they like kind of dance around and like, can we, can we get more sassiness in the crowd? And they start like, you know, like just like yeah, dancing on the stage improperly. It's so good. Um, yeah. 
I really enjoyed it. I, I thought it was, yeah, enjoy one aspect and really it made me think in a lot of other aspects. So, yeah, yeah. I like, I think it's a really good album. I don't know how I can rate it because I don't know if I'll come back to it. I just think you should listen to this album at least twice. So that's my rating. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to say on that or? <laughs> I, this is a totally different aspect. I love, um, their uh, appearance and cheekiness they're they seem like a, mm-hmm. a bunch of dudes who genuinely love each other and just like to kind of like elbow and have a good time yeah but also they have like jobs or they did or they this album kind of got them on the map more like one of them is a mm-hmm. dentist one of them is like a pub owner in crystal they kind of like mm-hmm. like they, they look like regular dudes for the most part glasses mm. and mustaches um, yeah. but then they start playing and it's just like animal just completely just unrelenting i love it i love the bass player he's just massive beard just kind of swaying on the spot like steady as a rock kind of thing i love the drummer there's always like whenever you watch a youtube video of theirs or like a live performance of theirs all the comments are like Someone should tell their kids to come pick up their dad because he's playing the drums or something like that that's always kind of <laughs> I couldn't see the drummer in the NPR concert. You know how the drummers are always like stuffed at the back near the bookshelves, and I think I couldn't quite see him properly. So I'm gonna look at another clip. And if you watch, if you watch him again, you'll see eventually he just starts playing the shelves behind him because he gets kind of (laughs) clacking on the shelves. Yeah, amazing. All right, I think that's how homework done. Yeah. On to the honorable mentions. Did you want to start? I have a couple of things. Sure. Uh, I'll talk about things. <clears throat> I will mention, I'll do this quickly, but if you, um, sure. first and foremost is uh, Powderfinger. Yeah. Um, uh, for those of you who are not Australian, uh, Powderfinger is a very uh, famous Aussie band from the 90s and the early 2000s. Um, mm. Like pretty iconic uh, in Australia. Yeah. And they, really iconic. Uh, famously uh, retired from music ooh, maybe a decade ago now. Yeah, it must have been 2010 or 2011. Yeah, um, it was around that time. And so they haven't played anything together live since then. And so they came together for a concert to play some of their hits um, for YouTube. And it's just really, really nostalgic uh, to watch them play. Uh, I don't know, it's great to hear them again. Mm. Uh, one not, night lonely yeah not like the most like you know complicated or uh, like mind-blowing music but it's just so uh so nice to listen to they're good songs yeah they like, really are you know they they're not yeah they're not super complex but there's something about their sound which i can't place it's something about the electric guitar tone mm. um I I only got to look through a little bit of it, um, but I I loved that they did, you know, some of, I mean, I must confess, I don't know a ton of their music. The only <laughs> song, only album that I know really well is Odyssey Number no. 5, which was kind of their hit with My Happiness and um, Waiting for the, um, uh, Waiting for the Sun, yep. is it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, those kinds of songs. And so I feel like I'm a little bit of a, uh, a bad Australian because I don't know much <laughs> Powderfinger, but... 
but um, it was beautiful to hear some of those songs and and just as a night uh, as a nice way of kind of giving something back to to people while we're mm. all a bit in lockdown or mm. and stuff. So yeah. Um, other things. Um, mm-hmm. this last couple of weeks has been like the week of like singles being released. Um, so there's a new mm. single from the Fontaines PC came out. Um, a new oh. one from Phoebe Bridgers came out last week, and a new one from the Idols actually came out while we were listening to this album. Yeah, Mr. Motivator. It's again so cheeky. Um, I haven't listened to it yet, but it's on my wish list. Yeah. So that the Idol song and the Phoebe Bridgers song, I found a really nice or um, mm. nice is the wrong. They they are good evolutions of their original sound, and I'm excited to see where their new album goes. Um, mm. And then lastly, mostly your fault. I've been listening to probably a bit of Geotic this week. Or this week, rather. That's interesting that you, I didn't know, I've never heard you pronounce that word. Um, I say Geotic. Yeah. But Geotic I, is probably correct. Who knows? Um, the, the song, what did he say at his concert? He, he just played bath stuff at his concert, to be honest. Uh, okay. Gotcha. Anyways, sorry. sorry. Um, so Geotic or Geotic is one of the two musical personas of a um, DJ in LA. Um, other one is called Baths. That's the one I'm much more familiar with. Um, mm. But Geotic is his um, more passive ambient side to his electro music, you would say. Mm. Um, mm. But it's still really... Uh, uh, it's much more nice to listen to kind of in the background while you're doing stuff. Um, yes. That being said, Breathtaker is uh, a beautiful song. I actually think it's more of a Baths song, but it is uh, wonderful. I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, "It does. is this, <laughs> this is the, uh, the, the podcast of Venn Diagrams. Is that more <laughs> on the Baths side or is it on the, on the geotic side? Get it the feels diagram. like it's so get it out um yeah i i've actually been listening to baths and geotic a bit this week um because that reason when i'm studying i'm often listening to geotic because i feel like i can kind of have it in the background and it gives Mm. me movement i think often his songs are all in the same tempo have you noticed that That makes Um, sense yeah i think at least with um what was the first album called no sorry it's not his first album he's been going for ages um, what's the one with Sunspell and actually smiling on it? Uh, Abysma. Yeah, Abysma. It feels like a lot of them are in a similar tempo. Um, Transversa, I'm not so sure about, but mm. yeah, it's great stuff to listen to. And I've also been listening to that new single too, and, and I really love it. The kind of triplets, it felt more like Obsidian with that, um, yeah, yeah. what's Tall Rock Shelf, uh, Miasma Skies, uh, that kind of false leading to a false sense of security about where the beat is. Yeah. Also, is it a Christmas song? Like, <laughs> I know. Peace on earth and mercy mild. I was <laughs> so, like, what? So weird. <laughs> um, I've got the my, exact same note. <laughs> yeah. the Christmas question mark. That's my honorable mentions, basically. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I, I've been listening to a bit of those two as well, but I re-listened to um, Obsidian, and I have to say, Worsening is probably one of the best glitch pop beats I've ever heard. I was trying to like 
understand what's going on in that chorus. But like, there's just too many layers and too many different um, kind of rhythms. Like the piano's in one feel and the beat's in another. And anyway, it's, it's beautiful. So I've been really listening to a bit of Bath's and now um, he's released those two new B-Sides albums. I'm going to check those out too. So I'm excited. Um, Sorry. Yeah. Did you see there was another Vessels release? Vessels 8? I Do you remember those? Not. Yeah, there's another. So um, I haven't given it a full listen, but Vessels are a kind of um, Bandcamp compilation which put money towards um, fighting, um, like helping those to fight mental illness. Um, and it's just available in Bandcamp for a pound. And it's just got some great kind of a mixture of chill hop and kind of beats of different kinds. So I'll post that. I haven't given a full listen, but it's good. Um, my last honorable mention is uh, Jacob Wild. So uh, last episode, we talked about his EP, Three Songs for New Years. And he released this album just on Monday, the 25th. And I've been giving it, I've given it just a few listens. I haven't been able to give it like a full amount of time. But from, from what I can tell, this is a really beautiful album. There's, it feels a bit funny in that, like, there are only about three or four full songs. Um, There's a couple of songs, like, the rest of the songs seem to be kind of very short musical ideas, like a minute and a half. And I don't mind short songs, but I kind of would have liked to have heard a little bit more of that theme and it fleshed out a little bit more because I, I really long for his music because it feels like it picks up a bit where the Middle East left off. And I really miss them and I was really excited to hear a bit more of that here, but I feel like I only got about three or four full songs, which I got to enjoy. But, um, I mean, that's just me being fussy, so take it or leave it. Um, the first track, Water on the Brain or Water in My Brain, I can't remember which one it is, is really lovely. And um, so check that out. It's uh, he's, he's got a great voice, really great voice, and the guitar work is beautiful. So check it out for both those things. Okay, I'll give it a listen. Yeah. Uh, well, that's been episode five of what we're listening to. Remember to check us out on uh, our website at www.ltpodcast.squarespace.com. Um, we post each episode up there along with a Spotify playlist so you don't have to go searching for the songs we're talking about or the albums we're talking about. Um, we also have Twitter and Facebook and all that kind of fun stuff. You can follow us for updates and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, um, thanks for listening. My name's Josh. With me is Asher. See you later, buddy. See you, man. Bye. Bye.